The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 174 of the podcast or joining us live here on YouTube. Today is Saturday, February the 1st, the day before Groundhog Day to find out if you Northerners are going to have another 900 weeks of winter or whatever the fuck. Uh, and, and it's also Super Bowl Sunday tomorrow, which is not really pertinent for me. Because I'm, I'm not going to be watching it. But um, before we get into anything else, let me introduce my co-host all the way from New Jersey, where he's going to be waiting to see that groundhog tomorrow. Jeff, the Animal Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this Saturday afternoon, my friend? Unusual time slot. How you feeling, man? Bill, I'm still waiting for my snow day to have off from work. So this groundhog can stay home for all I care. Oh, man, if he doesn't see that shadow, man, he comes strutting out of that hole. That's it. It's springtime. Yeah, well, like I said last week, it's been unseasonably warm uh, this January. Um, well, this past January now because it's February. Bill, it's tax season. I just wrapped up filing my taxes electronically right nice. before we uh, we got on the show here. Nice. And, Bill, it's the one part of my life that makes me feel like I'm doing something right here. You're because doing your, doing your taxes right? Yeah. I went through TurboTax. <laughs> well, so. you, you have to do them right because if you don't, it's against the law. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah. I don't know if we should even say anything else about it. The government's listening, man. They they got uh they got eyes and ears on us at all times. Yeah, so Bill, let's move into something more interesting. Bill, the family's had the flu all week. What's the yeah. status here? Um so I, I think we're in the clear, Jeff. I, I did not catch it, luckily. Um, kiddo had it for a little while. Wife had it for a little while. Um, so, you know, it, it meant a couple couple extra duties around the house for old dad. But, uh, you know, that comes with the territory. Um, yeah, I think we're in the clear, man. Like I said last week, I think my body's just preserved uh, with all the, the bourbon I drink. Um so I, I think all the the self embalming that I do, it, it makes me immune to the flu because I didn't get a flu shot or anything. Um, you know, just you know, plenty of rest, plenty of exercise, and uh, plenty of alcohol. I think is the recipe. Um, I mean, I don't have a PhD or anything, but it it seems to work. So you can't argue with results, right? Bill might have to because I was looking at statistics yesterday. And there have been 8,200 reports of people who have died from the flu this flu season, 29 of them being children. So, Bill, you got to be doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd just be a statistic. Yeah, there you go. And we weren't uh, on the show. I like to be the exception, not the rule, you know? Um, in any case, yeah, everybody's feeling good, man. So instead of watching the Super Bowl tomorrow, uh, taking the crew – over to Orlando, we got the um, 
annual pass at Disney World, so we're going to be going to Epcot. Um, and it, I, I realized from our conversation before the show that you didn't even know that was a, a theme park. You thought it was just like a plate, like a little town. Yeah, but I thought it was like a town where you're going to go to some breweries or something. Well, funny you say that. It's kind of the idea. So it's a theme park, but out of all the Disney theme parks, it's the most adult-friendly one because at, at Magic Kingdom, they don't serve alcohol. So you got to kind of bring it in on the down low on your own. Um, and and I would talk about the ways I do that a little bit more, but... Um, I don't want them to find out about it. So if you're going to Disney and you need to get alcohol in, just send me a private message on social media or something and I'll hook you up. Um, in any case at Epcot though, they have like some futuristic type rides and stuff. And, uh, and then they have the world showcase, they call it, which is basically a bunch of stations around a lake. Um, and it goes in a big circle and you go in, if you go in around the circle to your left, you start off in Mexico and then you go to Norway uh, and then you go to like China and United States, Japan, uh, Morocco, Italy, Canada's in there somewhere, France, uh, United Kingdom. But, you know, each section is themed. So, you know, they'll have like the, the Senorita Minnie Mouse out there running around and and uh, they got some like Mexican street food. And then you go to Japan and you could get a Kirin beer. Um, you know, Mexico, you get your Modelo. Norway, you get your like Icelandic Viking beer and like a Viking mug. You go to Germany, you get like a Pilsner. Um, f France, you get like, I don't know, some wine or, or, <laughs> or whatever. Um, you get like a White Claw or something if you go to France. Yeah, <laughs> you get the white claws. They probably do have that now. So you get a you get a white claw and a beignet. <laughs> that's the that's the uh, that's the killer combination. But what my favorite one is Japan because you get a, a Kirin beer and you can get a frozen Kirin. So a frozen a frozen beer is just a regular beer and then they put on top of it. Uh, like a frozen beer foam. It's like a slushy. It's like a beer slushy. Uh, and then it like kind of melts down into the beer and it keeps it cold the whole time. The, the, um, the slush doesn't taste like anything. It tastes like beer foam, but um, you know, it melts down into the beer, but it, it still tastes like beers. So it doesn't water it down or anything. And um, that's my favorite thing at Epcot, the frozen beers. Um, so I've been laying off the beer lately, Jeff. Uh, just for the old waistline. But, um, you, you know, when you go to the World Showcase, I think it would be irresponsible to not sample the, the beers from, from the different cultures. You know, I'm a man of the people, Jeff. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a worldly guy. You know, I appreciate other cultures and, um, and the alcohol that they create. So I got I to gotta pay tribute to that by drinking all of it. Can't argue with that logic, man. Yeah, yeah. So well, one of these days when you come down, we got to go to Epcot so you could so you could check this out. It's a good time. Yeah, but you know me, Bill. I'm more of a foodie, man. I just want to check out the food from all these places. Oh yeah, yeah. The food's legit too. Like they, uh, like they bring in people from each of those countries. 
uh, they bring people in from those countries. So like, you know, you go to, you go to the France section and they got like real legit French pastries and stuff. You go to, it's funny. You go to the American section. They got like the giant Turkey legs and like big salty pretzels. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. The food's, the food is good too. And then every now and then they have a food festival going on and they'll have even more, uh, stuff like in the Japan section, they got, they got a hibachi grill and stuff. Uh, the, there's really good food in the Morocco, uh, section. Good, uh, good Moroccan food there. Like a lot of like warm pita bread and hummus and, and stuff like that they do it they do it up man they're not fucking around with their food and booze in uh in epcot i mean it's disney world they're they, they run the fucking planet so they, they're able to bring in all the best food and alcohol um yeah i mean they probably own most of it yeah yeah i mean th disney runs the world i mean if disney partnered with like amazon and facebook forget it that like that's it that's world domination yeah, forget about forget about what any of these dictators try to do. Like it would be Mickey Mouse, Mark Zuckerberg, and um, Bezos running shit, <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. They'd be unstoppable. Like, what are you gonna do? You can't can't not have Disney. Can't not have Amazon. You can't not have Facebook. Those, these things are not going away. They're gonna run shit, man. In any case, um, I guess we should talk some mixed martial arts. Not a whole lot going on this weekend. Um, you, you know, I guess, uh, I guess they avoided doing a show on Super Bowl weekend UFC. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad move though. You know, um, I think that there's more money to be made by not having it on Super Bowl weekend. Yeah. Um, I mean, people spend like half a million dollars to get tickets to the Super Bowl. So leaves very little money to go to Las Vegas. That's true. That's very true. I get, I imagine a lot of, MMA fans are going to be watching the Super Bowl tomorrow. I, I'm not going to be one of them. I I think I watched like one and a half football games this season, and it was just because I was around people who were who were watching. It wasn't because I I was like, oh, football's on. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just I just haven't been into it. Um, so and it, the Giants have been terrible, so that doesn't help anything. Uh, I'm yeah. a, I guess I'm a Giants fan. I can't really call myself a fan anymore because I don't like, like I got a hoodie, but other than that, I don't, I don't support the team. Yeah, but Eli Manning retired, so I don't think anybody else supports the team anymore either. Yeah, yeah, that's a bummer, man. I was an Eli Manning fan. I, I, you know what he did in those two Super Bowls. Uh, if you're a Giants fan, like I, I don't know how you could ever turn your back on Eli Manning. Um, in any case. That's not football talk. So we got to look ahead to next week for some MMA action. And uh, we got John Jones coming back. Um, it, it feels like, um, it feels like the wind is out of the sails for the UFC a little bit. I feel like 2020 got off to kind of a, a shaky start. You know, the, the Curtis blades card was awesome. Uh, we had Conor McGregor, um, but you know they didn't get out of the gate like they usually do with like a big, uh, you know, first card of the year, like first week of the year, and then like there's just 
not that hype, not that excitement, but um, let, let's try and build it up for UFC 247, which is going to be in Houston, Texas, Jeff. And it's headlined by John Jones. My opinion, uh, the greatest fighter to walk the face of the earth. Um, I don't care much for pound for pound lists. Uh, I, I think John Jones is just the best fighter. I mean, he's going to, he's going to beat up anybody that's, that's under light heavyweight and probably anybody that is a heavyweight as well. Um, so for, for my money, just the best fighter to ever walk the face of the earth, but it, it, it's hard to get excited for a John Jones fight because there just doesn't seem to be competition for him out there, but we have the 12 and 0 Dominic Reyes coming off a knockout of Chris Weidman, who's a legend of the sport. Uh, but you know, you wouldn't say that Dominic Reyes knocked out like the Chris Weidman that was the champion of the world. And, that, and you know, it wasn't the same Chris Weidman that beat Anderson Silva twice. Um, it's the, you know, the Chris Weidman that we have now. Um, I don't know, man. I, puncher's chance for Dominic Reyes. I, I Maybe if John Jones th- doesn't train hard, doesn't show up. Um, outside of that, I, I don't really see, I don't really see what he could do here. Um, you want to change my mind, Jeff, or are you on the same page? No, I don't think I could change your mind if I tried. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I think you're right. I, you know, Reyes has a puncher's chance. Um, you know, his record is is good. It's, he's 12 and 0, but he hasn't fought too many people that I know of, man. Um, or at least that I recognize. And John Jones has been in this game a long time, dude. And you know, um, antics outside of the cage aside, John Jones, he's a scary dude in there, man. Um, he's got it all. The mm-hmm. striking, the grappling. I don't see Dominic Ray as excelling in any of these areas over John Jones. And don't get me wrong. Dominic Reyes, he's a good fighter. He's got he's beaten Ovin St. Pru, Vulcan Ozdemir, like you said, knocked out Chris Weidman, has a win over Jared Cannonier, uh, submitted Jeremy Kimball, just looking at his record here. But you know, he's it looks like he's well rounded. Mm-hmm. And maybe in another life, in an in some alternate universe where John Jones never fought in the UFC. Dominic Reyes would have a chance here, but <laughs> I just don't see it, man. Jones has been in this game forever, dude. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the, the fight with Ozdemir is probably his biggest win since Ozdemir has has fought for the title, and he's the only person that Reyes has fought who has fought for a title at light heavyweight. But I thought Ozdemir won that fight. I think Dominic Reyes got away with one there. Um, you know, if you go back and watch that fight, uh, Ozdemir had him hurt and he had him in a lot of trouble. Um, so, you know, imagine what John Jones would do to Vulcan Ozdemir. We, we saw what DC did to him. And I don't, I'm not trying to bring MMA math into this, but, he, you know, I, I got to play with the variables that, that we know of. Um, so, and, and the thing with John Jones is everybody who's faced him is they, they all say the same thing. They, they think like, oh, I, I could be the one to beat him. And then they get in there with him um, and and they, they've never seen anything like him before. And, and that's what everybody says from Vitor Belfort to Chael Sonnen 
to Daniel Cormier, uh, Alexander Gustafson. You know, they all think they could deal with John Jones, and then they get in there with him, and it's a whole different story. Uh, Dominic Reyes hasn't come close to to being in there with somebody like John Jones. Um, so that that's the troubling part, and it, and it's the troubling part for marketing this fight as well. You know, like how how do you how do you kind of sell this uh, as a uh, I, I don't know where I was going with that point. In any case, um, it, Dominic Reyes could very well come in here and shock the world. And then, you know, we got a new 205-pound champ. I feel like the division could use that shakeup. Um, but I don't, I don't see it being very likely. Uh, you, you know, so there's that. I guess we didn't help build the excitement for this one, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so either. But, Phil, I mean, you're not wrong, dude. John Jones has thrown around some incredible grapplers, man. Um, you know, able to take down DC, had no trouble against Glover Teixeira. He has fought a who's who of this light heavyweight division. And he's going into a new generation of light heavyweights and he's beating them too. Mm -hmm. Um, can't even think of anybody. Um, trying to think of like a newer light heavyweight that he's fought. Um, hold on. I gotta look at John Jones record here for a sec, but I mean, he's been in the game at least 10 years now started when he was what, like 18 and he's just now stepping into his prime. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the scary part about it. 32 years old, like, th this is when he's hitting his man strength. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and he's been dominating the game since he was a teenager. Uh, so, you know, Anthony Smith, you could say, is an up-and-coming light heavyweight. Tiago Santos recently, you know, made a move up to light heavyweight. Um, you, you know, it's not a division with a lot of with a ton of young guys. Uh, you know, we got a lot of prospects coming off of Dana White's contender series, but they're still a couple of years away from fighting for the title or, or maybe not, you know, Dominic Reyes only has 12 fights and he's getting in there with John Jones. So we'll see, man. Uh, I, I mean, you never know with John Jones too. That's one thing I'll say, like it, he could go out on one of his famous pre-fight benders the night before and show up hungover for the fight. And, um, you know, you can't sleep on Dominic Reyes, that's for sure. I mean, the guy's got undeniable power. Uh, so if he's able to catch John Jones sleeping in there, it, it's going to be a short night for uh, for Johnny Bones here. Uh, in any case, anything else on that main event? Nah, dude. I mean, I'm just looking at John Jones' record here. Uh, you know, he, like you said, the win over Santos was impressive. Uh, Anthony Smith, he's he made look like kind of a chump in there. And, you know, Smith's a really good fighter. Beat Gustafson again pretty decisively. But, Bill, I'm still convinced that Gustafson beat him the first time. You will never change my mind on that. Um, <laughs> just decimated Chael Sonnen. But, yeah, but you're going to say something? Yeah, I was there for the Chael Sonnen fight. I mean, John Jones did win. The, I would argue John Jones won four out of five rounds against Gustafson the first time. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's just going to be the one thing we have to agree to disagree on forever, Jeff. It's like one of the one of those few things you and I don't see eye to eye on, but um, that's what keeps it. That's what keeps it fun. We don't have to 
We don't have to be like the uh, the liberals and conservatives, you know. We can have differing opinions and, and still get along. Don't tell don't tell one of those liberals that, Bill. <laughs> they will give you hell and high water. Yeah, I mean, those conservatives may do the same, and they and they're armed, so I'm, I'm more afraid of them. Uh, <laughs> in any case, before we go down a political rabbit hole here, let's get into this co-main event. Uh, arguably one of the best female fighters walking the planet Earth, Valentina Shevchenko is going to defend her flyweight championship against Caitlin Blonde Fighter Chukagian. Um, this is one where I feel like the challenger has a better chance than the main event. So that's something. Uh, but it, if you take the main event out of the picture, uh, I'd say that Caitlin Chukagian has to be the biggest underdog on this card. Um, you, you know, Valentina Shevchenko is just an absolute killer, an absolute killer. And, you know, the things that she has done, like her performances against Amanda Nunez have, have only gotten better as time has gone by. And we've seen what Amanda Nunez has done to the top competition to come by time after time. So the fact that Valentina Shevchenko has gone the distance with her twice, gone eight rounds with, um, with who a lot of people consider the greatest of all time in Amanda Nunez. Uh, it, it, it's saying more and more about her as, as time goes on. And especially for the fact that she moved down a weight class after doing that twice. Um, so what are your thoughts on this one, Jeff? Um, do you, you like the champ here? You think the underdog's going to, you know, pull an upset and, and shock the world here. Uh, we could see potentially, you know, back to back to the biggest upsets of all time on this card. Um, and, and that would be a first, I think. I don't think we've ever had a, a main and co-main event where we've had um, champions getting upset that, that were such heavy favorites. Um, so, you know, there's that that kind of makes it interesting. But give me your thoughts, Jeff. Yeah, Bill. The only card that I can remember coming close to this was um, the New Year's Eve card a couple of years back where Holly Holm <clears throat> uh beat Ronda for the belt, and I think that on the same card, don't quote me on this, I might be mistaken, I believe on that same card was when um, Dominic Cruz lost to Cody Garbrandt. That might be the only time I can remember something like this happening with this big of an upset. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think that those those two were on the same card, and you know we could easily Google this, but let's just go with it. Yeah, um, that, that's the only time I can remember something like this happening. But, Bill, I don't think that'll happen again, uh, considering that John Jones is in the main event. And even Valentina Shevchenko, man, she's just – and before I get into this, let me not take anything away from Caitlin Chukagian. Caitlin Chukagian is very well-rounded. She comes from an awesome team over at Henzo's in New York with uh, Edson Barbosa, uh, Frankie Edgar, um, Sajara Eubanks, you know, those are all high. Uh, Marlon Moraes is in there too. They're, they're a very strong team. They produce very, very high level skilled fighters. So Caitlin Chukagian, she's got it, man. She's got the tools to beat Valentina Shevchenko, but I think Valentina Shevchenko 
is better in all those areas. Um, I think that our Muay Thai, if we're talking about striking, Shevchenko excels here. If we're talking about mm -hmm. grappling, um, I think Chukagian has a slight advantage in her grappling uh, because she, she's a brown belt under Henzo Gracie, and she comes from a very grappling-heavy fight team. But Valentina Shevchenko, no slouch either, man, um, has put a lot of girls in very bad positions. Um I remember what she did to Juliana Pena, who was a very high-level jiu-jitsu uh, mm. fighter. You know, got her the with predator. an arm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, dude, it, it's it's kind of a tough call, but I got to go Valentina Shevchenko. I think she's just better all around. Yeah. So here's here, here are the, the challenges that Caitlin is going to have. She's never fought uh, anyone quite like Valentina. You know, she has some impressive wins over, you know, the likes of Joanne Calderwood, uh, Alexis Davis, Jennifer Maya, um, Lauren Murphy, who are all super tough um, female fighters. She's never finished anyone in the UFC. Um, so to make the assumption that she would get in there and finish the champ, Valentina, would be a very big stretch. So her best path to victory would be a five round decision. And, you know, Valentina has been fighting nothing but five round fights for the last, you know, three or four years. Uh, so she's kind of got the advantage there, but you know, I, I do believe that Caitlin has the gas tank to, to go five hard rounds with the champ. Um, you know, will she be able to outpoint her in those five rounds? Um, you know, that's what we have to see. You know, Valentina is good everywhere. Like you said, she submitted the the black belt in uh, Juliana Pena. Uh, so she's got grappling. She's got wrestling. She's got wrestling defense. And on her feet, she's a fucking terror. Um, but, you know, Caitlin's a grinder. So, uh, you know, let's see if she can grind it out. I, I, I'm i really excited for this co-main event. I think more so than the main event. Um just because uh, I really want to see Caitlin tested. You know, like you said, she comes from one of the best camps out there. And her only two losses are split decisions over from Jessica I and Liz Carmouche. Uh, you know, nothing to hang your head about there. Those were both really close fights. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, one judge in each of those cases thought that Chukagian won. So um, she's never really she's never really been dominated in the past, but again, she's never fought anyone like Shevchenko before, but there's not a lot of people out there like Shevchenko. So we just got to kind of wait and see, uh, moving down the line. We got, uh, Juan Adams and Justin Taffa who have a combined like 11 fights, I think <laughs> in the heavyweight division. So I, I don't know for me, it's, I, I figure Juan Adams has to be a favorite here. But it's kind of like flip a coin for me. Uh, I, I'm more excited about the other heavyweight fight on this card, which is Alir Latifi making his heavyweight debut. He's making it against Derek Lewis, and and we were talking about this a little bit last week, Jeff. But let's get a little let's get a little deeper into it. Like Latifi's not a big light heavyweight. I I always thought like you know he's a thick dude, but he probably could have made 185. Yeah, he tried, you know, you, you know, tone up a little bit, you know, I know it's 20 pounds, but tone up a little bit, trim down a little bit, 
um, I don't know, cut the grape leaves out of his diet or, or, or whatever it is. It's that's like the, the empty calories and, um, and he probably could have done it, but you know, he decided to go the other way with it. He's going to move up to heavyweight. I'm interested to see what he's going to look like. Um, I mean, the dude is built like, uh, like Barney rubble. The Flintstones. He's like, <laughs> like, he's like <laughs> the guy's built like a fucking tree trunk. I can't picture him getting much thicker at his height, which is like he's what is he like five eight or something? Like he's a he's dude, not that's a big my dude. height. That's my height, and I feel like if I were to fight in the UFC, I'd have to fight at like one seventy, which you know I'm a long way away from there. But the point is. I don't know how what this guy's doing at light heavyweight, but don't get me twisted. I, I'm a big Lear Latifi fan, Bill, and I'm excited to see how he goes about the mountain to climb that is Derek Lewis. Uh-huh. Because Derek Lewis, man, I feel like just the wind from one of his missed punches, you, you the the front of the audience can feel, man. You know, Derek Lewis, he's well, uh, maybe not well rounded is not the word, but he he has enough grappling to stay out of trouble. I feel like, um, and and he's got power to to take out anybody, man. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be a really interesting matchup. I think that stylistically, this is probably my favorite matchup on the card. You have the short wrestler versus the giant striker with. Loaded hands here. This is going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it's the story of my life, Jeff. This is me in the gym. Is <laughs> I'm, I'm the Latifi, like with the <laughs> here with the monsters. Um, but yeah, I mean Latifi has world class wrestling, no doubt about that. Uh, he could probably take down most heavyweights because most heavyweights don't have any anywhere close to the wrestling pedigree that that Latifi does. But what's he going to do with it once he gets Derek Lewis on the ground? I mean, we saw. Derek Lewis got get taken down by Roy Nelson and just Derek would just bench press him off after he was done wrestling. That's the crazy thing about Derek Lewis is he'll let you take him down so he can rest. And then he throws you off of him when he's done being on the ground um, and gets back up and, and starts swinging. Uh, we know he's dangerous for the entire fight. Uh, we saw uh, the name it escapes me right now. Uh, Russian dude or or um one of Derek Lewis's opponents that that oh um was it Volkov? Yeah, Alexander Volkov was dominating Derek Lewis for for two two and and uh and seven eighths rounds and then Derek Lewis comes out of nowhere with a big bomb and knocks him out. Um so I, I think Latifi can get Derek Lewis down. I don't think he can finish him down there just because we haven't really seen the submission skills from him outside of his uh, guillotine finish of Ovin St. Preux. Uh, we haven't seen, you, you know, Roy Nelson is a world-class black belt and he couldn't submit Derek Lewis down there. Um, and, and we know for a fact that Derek Lewis is, is dangerous for the whole 15 minutes. Uh, so with, with all that information, I think, uh, I think, you know, you got to go with Lewis here, especially since, you know, Latifi's coming off a couple of losses at light heavyweight and he's moving up. I, I, I don't think this is a good, uh, I don't think this is a good welcoming fight to the heavyweight division for Latifi here, but, um, all that aside, I still am very excited for this fight. 
and, and I want to see how it plays out. Um, anything else on this one, Jeff? Uh, no, but I'm with you on that, man. Super excited for Derek Lewis versus Alir Lativi. Just all, so many possible outcomes for that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, the another fight that I I feel like is a sleeper fight is uh, Dan EJ against Mursad Bektik. These are two featherweights that uh, you know I feel like are very under the radar guys. They're always in tough wars. Uh, I I feel like they're gonna put on a show with this one. They're both guys that are really tough to put away, uh, and, and I I really think they're gonna go to war. Any any thoughts on this one, Jeff? Yeah, man. Um, Rashad Bektich, I'm a fan of his. Um, you know, he's aggressive. He's going to be in your face. Dan Ige, also a very, very talented fighter. So I'm with you on that one, Bill. I think this is the dark horse fight here. I think that if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss a very good fight. Potential fight of the night here. Yeah, Bektich is one of those guys where he's looking to knock you out, mm-hmm. and and he doesn't care if he risks uh, – get getting knocked out in the process. So that this is a fun fight. I feel like this fight is not being talked about enough uh, on this card here. I think that's, so that's my sleeper. That's my sleeper pick, you know, make sure you turn in for uh, Danny gay versus Mursad Bektik. Uh, it's going to be a featherweight war here. Uh, Antonio Arroyo w- looked really impressive on uh, Dana White's contender series. Uh, he, he seems like a real killer. Um, uh, but then you look at his record, he's nine and three and he's going in there against Trevin Giles, no walk in the park for anybody. That should be a fun fight as well. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Miles Johns, the 10 and 0 miles Johns, who also came off of Dana White's contender series, I believe is going to get in there with Mario Bautista. Uh, both guys with uh, fairly young records, a lot of young records on this card. Um, but I, I think that's going to be a really exciting fight. Miles Johns, um, you know, he always puts on a show as well. I don't want to just pull up his record here and make sure I'm not misspeaking that he was on the, uh, yeah. So he was on the contender series and he had, uh, one fight split decision victory over Cole Smith in the UFC so far. Uh, but 10 and 0 really tough, uh, bantamweight dude. I remember being impressed with him on a contender series. Um, and then we got Andre Ewell who, you know, always goes out there explosive, uh, you know, a little bit of concern for his gas tank because he's one of those guys where if he doesn't finish you in the first round, he tends to fade like his last fight with, uh, Marlon Cheeto Vera. Um, you know, he, he kind of blew his wad early on in the fight and then, uh, you know, got TKO late in the third round because, you know, when you get in there with an experienced guy like Vera, uh, you can't be, you can't be swinging for the fences and blow all your energy like that. Um, but Andre Ewell, they call him the highlight and they call him that for a reason, you know, seven knockout victories, four submission victories in his young career at bantamweight. So that's another exciting bantamweight fight. And I'll, uh, Give you one more, Jeff. Andrea Lee and Lauren Murphy. This is gonna that's gonna be a war of uh two uh two veterans, you could say, of the the women's division here. So uh what's catching your eye, kid? 
Bill, I'm really liking this Andre Yule fight. Uh, like you said, Andre Yule, very well-rounded. The dude's a highlight reel when it comes to his fights. Um, and he's someone that, you know, I think that if you are a, you know, a more devoted fan, Andre Yule is someone to keep your eye on because I think he's going to make a splash in this um in this bantamweight division and bill matt temple says congrats on your green didgeridoo or something <laughs> yeah i i think he's i think he's trying to break my balls here a little bit so i i was uh recently promoted with my green monk call in muay thai so the monk call is a kind of uh headband that the thai wear um so it's the it's the level one towards my certification as a, as a Muay Thai trainer under my Muay Thai coach, Matt McCusker. Um, it was a surprise and it, it was, uh, it, it was a big honor for me because, you know, Matt is a super legit, uh, Muay Thai instructor. He's a crew, which, uh, means teacher in Thai under, uh, Mark Delagrati, who. Okay. I've is, heard that name before. He's yeah. out of Boston, I think, or. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Boston is in Massachusetts, Jeff. Yeah, but I didn't know if he was specifically out of <laughs> But but yeah, he that dude's actually in in um the movie Here Comes the Boom uh with uh, Kevin James. Yeah, he's the guy who trains him to get ready um for like MMA and stuff cuz uh it's a good movie. You should check it out. But uh yeah, Mike uh, Delagrati, he's legit, man. Yeah, back in the day, he trained a lot of UFC fighters. He still does. Um Rob Font is under okay. Mark Delagrati back in the day, Kenny Florian was under Delagrati. Uh, Calvin Cater, I believe, is with him as well. Um, yeah, and Cater's somebody with some good Muay Thai, man. Yeah, yeah, tough dude. So, um, you know, I my Muay Thai comes from uh, comes from some uh, some strong lineage, and uh, it was it, it was a proud moment. It was really cool. Uh, of him to do that to uh to honor me with that so i got my green mongol and um, one step closer to being a, a certified muay thai trainer um no plans on being a world-class fighter or anything but uh you know if i could help some other people reach their goals down the line then uh then that'll be cool um seven years doing muay thai now jeff and and this month is also seven years of doing brazilian jiu-jitsu as well so it, it's a big deal for me because i still love jujitsu as much as i did uh seven years ago on my first day when i was just a uh a dumb wrestler who didn't know any better and i was double legging people right into guillotines and and triangles and and getting my ass choked out uh regularly and uh that hasn't necessarily changed jeff I have, <laughs> I, get, I still get choked uh, quite a bit, but that's because um, you know I'm I'm training with some of the best jujitsu people around. So, um, yeah, so that's that. That's a little bit of that's a little bit of me. Yeah. So, Bill, congrats on getting ranked up in Muay Thai. And Bill, I, I don't know about their ranking system in Muay Thai. But from what I understand, is that more of a Western thing? Like in traditional Thailand, Muay Thai are, are the headbands and ranking. Is that like a system over there? Would you happen to know that? Yeah. So 
in Thailand, they do it more than they do here. Mm. Um, here, a lot of the schools don't really have a ranking system. And, and if they do, it's some weird kind of like they have belts. And, mm. and, and if, if you ever hear of like a black belt in Muay Thai, like that's kind of bullshit. But um, so the, the monk call is uh, it's a traditional thing in Muay Thai and it's a spiritual thing in Muay Thai. So I, I've had to learn a lot about this. It's a, so it's a headband that, that goes around the, uh, around your forehead. And then in the back, it has kind of a little tail that hangs down. And, uh, they're, they're very superstitious to tie. So <laughs> they never want, you never want to, uh, when you take it off, you never want to have it, uh, held below your heart, uh, because that will mean bad luck for you in the ring. So if you hang it up, you got to hang it on the wall like higher than your heart and uh you never put it on the ground or anything like that mm. you know they're, they're kind of superstitious like that um so and, and they wear it uh i don't know if you've ever watched like muay thai on uh like real muay thai kickboxing on uh on fight pass or anything like that jeff but you know they they come in the ring and they have the monk call on and they have the armbands with the tassels yeah. on it. And um, they do like a little kind of seance when they, they come in the ring where they kind of, the, they bless the ring. And and um, it's so like no evil spirits come in the ring to affect the, the outcome of the fight. And they also have to go over the top of the ropes. They, they don't go in between the ropes because that, that lets the evil spirits in. Mm -hmm. So they make sure they don't let them in. And then they do like a little prayer to kind of keep them out. And, um, you know, then the trainer takes the monk call off of them and hangs it on their ring post. And, um, it, it's a whole, it's a whole big, uh, tradition. So it, it's kind of cool for myself as a martial artist to be kind of included in, uh, in such like a rich history like that and, and to learn a little bit about it. And, um, you know, to, to be honored with my, my green monk call under Matt McCusker. So, uh, there's that. So there's, there's four levels to it, Jeff. So there's the, the green and then the next would be gray. And then the one after that would be Brown. And then the master level is the red monk call. Um, so that's the, that's the ranking system that he uses, which, which comes from Kruyo Tong hmm. who, who started the city of Tong, um, uh, lineage. So Mark Delagrati runs city of Tong in, um, <clears throat> up there in Boston. And, um, so crew Yotong or master Yotong, uh, you know, was the, the guy who started all that. And, um, uh, yeah, so here we are now, uh, you know, if you, if you guys want to learn some, some punching and kicking and, and clinch and stuff like that, um, you know, I can help you out with your, with your basics and, and things like that. And I have a, a certification. Bill, that's pretty awesome, man. Um, you know, Bill, you know, I'm, I'm a person of faith and stuff. So, you know, I, I liked the idea of blessing the ring first and, and having those traditions, you know, connecting to spirit to, you know, spiritual things. So I dig that. It's pretty cool. Um, and, you know, part of my faith is I think that along with having a strong spirit, you have to have a strong mind and a strong body. And with that mm -hmm. comes, you know, jujitsu and training Muay Thai 
So I dig that, Bill. I think it's awesome. Um, and Bill, before we go any further into this card, I just want to point out, because you mentioned uh, Fight Pass, <clears throat> that um, one of the more local circuits of MMA here up in the Northeast uh, is going to be featured on Fight Pass this evening. It is the Cage Fury Fighting Championships. And Bill, you remember our uh, coach uh, for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Sadeko Honorio, uh, former uh, flyweight champion of the Cage Fury Fighting Championships. Unfortunately, he's not on the card, but Bill, this card looks pretty exciting, man. There's three title fights on here. The uh, Pat Sabatini, who I believe is the promotion's Bantamweight champion, Kyle Daukus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I believe he is the welterweight champion of the promotion. And Alexander Keshtov was trying to make it into the UFC current middleweight champion, if I'm not mistaken, of the organization. So, Bill, if you got some time later tonight, man, I think you should definitely check that card out. Yeah, I I, I just might tune into that. Right, got to get some use out of my uh, my Fight Pass account that – you know, I, I pay the pay the monthly subscription, but I don't log into it all that often. So I'm gonna get some use out of that because I'm get some miles back on that fight pass. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Um, sp speaking of uh, local promotions, uh, I'm gonna have a local uh, amateur fighter on the on the show next week. Uh, Matt Allison, who's a, a bantamweight local promotion here he's going to be defending his bantamweight title in a couple of weeks so we're going to get him on to to give him a little pop and then uh another local fighter dave mundell i'm going to do something with him in the next coming week he's going to be you guys have heard me talk about dave in the past he, he's uh been doing the bare knuckle boxing he's two and oh in that and he's going to be headlining the next bkfc card in miami uh in two weeks from yesterday uh, no, wait, two weeks from today, on February 15th. Uh, and he's going to be headlining it against Hector Lombard, uh, who you guys all remember from the UFC, fucking killer. Yeah. Um, so he's he's making his bare-knuckle boxing debut against Dave's redneck Mondell. So Dave's going to come on and, and tell us how he's feeling about that opportunity. Uh, so we got a lot of big things coming up. Uh you know, down the line in the next couple of weeks. So we'll have some, some interviews. I know you guys like the interviews and, um, yeah, man, that's it. Uh, I'm excited to, to get some UFC next weekend. UFC 247, John Jones, Dominic Reyes, Houston, Texas. Um, I just realized it makes sense that Derek Luce is on this card because he's from Houston. So he's going to be a hometown boy on this card. And, uh, I think it'll be good. I think it's going to be some good fights. There's, there's some ones in here. I think we're going to have some surprising results on this card, Jeff. Um, you know, maybe not necessarily in the, you know, main event and the co-main event, but somewhere on this card, there's going to be some big shocks. Uh, so I think it's going to be worth tuning in for, um, anything else on UFC 247 or, or anything else we talked about, Jeff? No, I think it's going to be a good night of fights. I think that, you know, while the UFC maybe hasn't started off with a bang this year, I think this card's going to deliver. I think it's, I think the whole card's kind of a sleeper. So I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised here, Bill. Yeah, man. Let's bring some of that spiritual energy into it. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get a show next weekend. All right. So if you guys uh, want to get a hold of Jeff on social media, 
you guys agree or disagree with anything he said and you, and you want to let him know, it's at animal underscore Wilson. If you're looking on, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see his name and his, and his social media handle, the animal underscore Wilson on Twitter and Instagram. You guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the rocks, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere on the internet. Uh, you can send me an email, MMA on the rocks, gmail.com. And go to our website. You can send me a message there. I check them all personally. I promise you, there, there's no uh, there's no agency or anything running that for me. Everything is done in house uh, by us here. We are the uh, the stars, the producers, the editors, the uh, the everything's. Um, so that's it. So let us know what you guys are thinking of drinking out there. Let us know what you think about the fights. Until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.